0: wrong. days 2022 in this recording by the Chromecast, josh and luke interview rusty and shelly burke at the cross plains public library on saturday june 11th
1: so we are here in the cross plains library with rusty burke and his wife shelly welcome to the show thank Thank
0: you it's great to be back it's uh
1: josh and
0: and luke's here too
1: and we just had lunch at, uh, what was it called? Mexico City Cafe? Yep. yep. Um, delicious street tacos. I'm full. I'm sweaty and hot. And <laughs> Probably in hindsight wasn't the best. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, we're here to talk about Howard Days. Um, we, at this point, this is my third time, Luke's third time. Yep. We've been coming since 2016. And it's been a tradition to talk to Rusty, to talk to Indy, get... Uh, sort of a what's up with REH Days, the REH Foundation. How how are you enjoying Howard Days this year? All that stuff. So how's, how's your Howard
2: day so far? Howard Days is always wonderful, getting to hang out with fellow Howard fans and so forth. This is one of those years where you have to try to find every air-conditioned venue you can <laughs> because it's really scorching out there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was telling you yesterday... We had the car parked where? Oh, at the up at the Methodist Church Mm -hmm. for one of the panels, and basically got in it two hours later, and I couldn't even lean back against the the seat. The uh, I don't know why Texas rental car companies would rent you dark cars, but uh, I don't know. They've got you. You're in their system somehow. (laughs) It's nuts out there. They know about you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hot one, uh, but there's still a good a good crowd, lots of good uh, socializing to be had.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of people hanging out at the Pavilion, and it's been fun. I would say there's been more socializing this year, it seems like, than last year. Everybody was getting back from, from COVID, the folks that could come. There was a lot of the Roy Thomas fans, right? But mm-hmm. here, this time around, I don't know, it seems like more people are excited to able to interact. Oh, just and to interact.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so the topic is gaming, right? That's what we're, that's kind of what year, we're getting yeah. into this year. And it's been, it's been good. We're about to do the, what, there's the, the What's Up with REH uh, yeah. final sort of close out yeah. panel. That'll be happening here in about half an hour once
2: we wrap up here with, with our interview with, yeah, with Rusty and Shelly. That'll be the guys like Fred Malmberg and Paul Herman who actually know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I may be the president of the Robert E. Howard Foundation, but I'm always one of the last things for him. <laughs> what's actually going on. So it, That'll be a fun panel. <laughs> yeah, we'll all learn something. Mm-hmm.
1: And so the, the panels so far have been sort of gaming-centric. Um, but uh, well,
2: We did that one yesterday, uh, Robert E. Howard in 1932. 1932, yep. which was really interesting. So we talked yeah. about all the 1932 stories and publications and, and all of that uh, because it was such a banner year for Howard's stories. You started off the year with him writing Samaria and the Frost Giant's Daughter of Phoenix on the Sword. Um, Worms of the Earth gets published. Uh, he starts working on Marchers of, marchers of Valhalla. So you start, you've got the genera- generation of the James Allison stories. Uh, the Horror from the Mound is published, which is one of the early Texan stories. You start seeing with Marches of Valhalla, Horror from the Mound, you start seeing him working, doing what Lovecraft had encouraged him to do, working Texas into his fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. Because he's more comfortable writing fantasy, but he wants to work the Texas background and stuff into it. And so it's, and then as the year progresses, Oh, I'm losing track of what was published when, but, you know, 32, uh, oh, Letters to Lovecraft back and forth. Mm -hmm. I was telling people that um, when I, before the collected letters were all published, you know, when I first got started on kind of researching the letters and Howard's life, uh, Clem Lord was sending photocopies of Howard's letters, letters to Howard. Uh, letters from publishers, you know, rejection letters from publishers, and I was keeping them in binders. Mm -hmm. The only year for which I had to have two binders was 1932. There was a banner year. for, And he and Lovecraft would write the longest letters to each other. Uh, So there was a lot of activity, and it was, I think, if I recall right, it was his best year financially. He made like twenty five hundred
0: dollars that year. Just yeah, somebody asked at the end of the panel, you know, because there were a lot, there was, there was a lot of Gower story, like with Worms of the Earth coming out. What was Howard's state of mind? And then you kind of came back with, hey, he was writing he was, as much as he was. He was, he was making money. Successful. It was, it was a good year for sure.
1: And he was yeah. he was doing the the funny boxing stories. He was writing uh-huh. those at the same time. It's was, it was yeah. something that they brought right. up. So, it wasn't.
2: One of the unfortunate aspects of 1932 was that Fight Stories suspended publication for a while. Um, I had always thought it was because of the Depression, but it turned out it wasn't. It was um, litigation. One of the the publishers of Fight Stories, of uh, Fiction House, died. And his widow wanted to be one of the corporation to buy her out, but they didn't have the money to do that, and so there was this litigation back and forth, and that's why they suspended publication for a while, but in the mm-hmm. meantime, he then tried to farm them, you know, find another boxing magazine, but that was the one aspect, I think, of his writing career that wasn't going great <laughs> at the time. It just, Man, it wasn't his fault or anything, it was just that the market kind of got a little shaky for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Big shift.
2: But, But yeah, he was as successful as, as he had been, uh, as far as I remember, there were no big problems with his mother, you know, with mm-hmm. her health, having to take her to hospitals or anything yet. So it was a pretty good year for him. He just mm-hmm. he liked writing for him. right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, I I don't know
1: what he what his relationship like where was he in his relationship with Novelin at that point in thirty two?
2: Oh, she hadn't moved to town yet. Okay. Um, She was still in Brownwood, I guess, at Daniel Baker College. Okay. Um, She moved up to Cross Plains in 34. 34, okay. So, One Who Walked Alone, her her book covers 34, 35, 36. That's right, yeah. She had met him in 33, maybe. Was it as early as 32? But that was real brief. That was that visit where Clyde Smith brought Bob out to her house or to Granny's house. um, uh, Bangs Uh, and so they so they had met briefly, but then it was thirty four when she moved up here. Okay. You know the scene in the whole life world where uh, they go into the drugstore and she they see. Doctor Howard walks by, tips mm-hmm. his hat or whatever, and then she asks the the woman who's running the drugstore. She says, "Was that Doctor Howard?" Or said, "Who was that?" And she says, "Oh, that was Doctor Howard." And I says, "Do you know his son?" And she's telling her, "You know, let's stay away from him." You know, he's and so she immediately gets up and goes over to the phone to call Howard House. Uh, that was two or three doors down here. Okay. Uh, next, next to Bank. You'll see a storefront Moselle, and then next to that, where Texas Dude Shoes is. Okay. That's uh, that was the old Smiths Drug Store. Okay. Where that scene happened. Now, That's cool. They didn't film the scene here. They didn't, of course. They didn't bring the film crew up to Cross Plains for financial and technical reasons. Um, it was much easier to get a film crew down in Austin, but not have to have to buy them hotel rooms and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they went out west of Austin and found some shooting locations it led to some things like there are people now actually I don't know there's a book called Shadows Bend that Robert Howard is a character in and one person pointed out a whopping error they were like why did they they give the Howard house a second story like it's because they saw the movie that's right yeah
1: yeah um, and then the end of 32 we've got the uh, Phoenix on the sword that comes out um, okay. la- that comes launch out, yeah. yeah launching uh, Conan into the the public imagination so 32 it seems like was just this pivotal year yeah. in and in it, Howard's life
2: book ended by Conan because so, you've got the trip to the Rio Grande Valley where he first conceives of Conan in the Hagorian Age at the beginning of the year and then you've got at the very end of the year the publication of the Phoenix on the Sword
0: oh yeah that's a cool, I didn't realize that or that didn't hit me in the, the panel yesterday as you guys were walking through that
2: kind of timeline but yeah that makes sense and of course you know, we look at it in retrospect and we say gosh Phoenix on the Sword should have been on the cover <laughs> Instead, it was a J, wonderful J, J. Allen St. John cover mm-hmm. illustrating Otis Clyde Otis Adelbert Klein story, because Phoenix on the. But somebody said, one person said that Phoenix on the sword was buried in the magazine. It wasn't really buried; it was just not covered. Picture. Mm-hmm. Was his name on the cover? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure either. I just just wondering. It's always um, a
2: ashamed to. to Block out a jail in Saint John. Cover
1: up any any text. Any text yeah. yeah. So as far as the like Howard days uh, in the future, moving moving forward with you know uh, different themes. Every year has a, a sort of a different theme. What are, are some of the the things upcoming? Can you share that at this point? It's okay to right say now? no. Well,
2: right now the. Main idea for next year is is the hundredth anniversary, of, or the anniversary of Re- Weird Tales, uh-huh. which was founded in the first issue was in 1923. So it'll be the centennial. So we're, we're going to try to see what we can build around that theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any farther in advance than that would give us credit for too much foresight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you,
0: do you all usually work about a year out kind of thinking like at this Howard Day you're talking about we'll, we'll you next? That. Is, yeah, that we'll, is that what you we'll do? We'll okay. Go with
2: a year. That might actually be a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm because keep... we, we start thinking about it, but then when it comes to actually really sitting and mm-hmm. thinking about it, it's usually sort of in the fall. Yep. After our
1: days. Yeah. You, get, you need that break. You know, you've you like reached these highs. I don't know about you, yeah. but the, the the few times I've been here, when I leave, like I've got all these ideas for the, the podcast and things we could do. And some of the things like the Cropcast Chronicle mm-hmm. like, kind of were conceived here. And so I just go back home with all these thoughts rattling around my head of cool things to do. And it takes me a little while to kind of come back down to reality and go, you know, I've got... Other right. obligations, I can't just. Yeah, it's uh, kind
2: of like going to professional conference yeah. and that kind of thing. Right? Where, yeah, you get all dressed up and all excited about the things that you're going to do, and then three months later, you realize I haven't done any of that. Yeah, reality
1: hits. <laughs> yeah. But that that sounds like an awesome opportunity for some uh, Margaret Brundage and, and other weird tales uh, artists like cakes for next mm-hmm. year. I mean, that, w- gonna, that would that yeah. would be tremendous. Yeah.
2: So, so Comcast is going to yeah. sponsor the cake next
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we've got $30 in a, in a PayPal account somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could put it toward it.
0: <laughs> That'll make for, uh, like, uh, if, if Indy does the, the poster, though, like the Weird Tales masthead, but use that sort of font design. That could uh-huh. be cool. Mm-hmm. There's all yeah. kinds of good, lots of options there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot. Artistic.
1: It, it, Weird Tales is such a font of Americana pop culture. That it just seems like, uh, unless you're in the know about it, like most people, most average people don't think about weird tales, right? right. But but they know a lot of the characters that and and, and themes and concepts that spud out mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. Okay. So the,
2: certainly the Lovecraft stuff and, and Howard, and most people are familiar with at least most people who are familiar with Lovecraft and Howard are familiar with Clark and Smith. But you've got people like Seabury Quinn, who was actually the most popular writer and author in Weird Tales throughout its history, pretty much. Uh, Consistently would win the most popular story in most issues Mm -hmm. and kept on until I think the end, until the end of the magazine. Which Um, was when? In the 1950s, like 54. Um, I can't remember now how many... Jules de Grandin stories, there were the occult detective that Quinn wrote about, but he also wrote a lot of other wonderful stories. Actually, I prefer his non Jules de Grandin stories and weird tales. So hugely popular, now virtually unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, except in the mortuary business, where he was the editor of Casket and Sunnyside for many, many years. Okay. <laughs> he lived in D.C., uh, he's buried out in. Uh, out in on the north side of town.
3: Congressional okay. Cemetery? No. Not
2: congressional. I can't remember. It's one of those cemeteries out uh, on Capitol, Capitol Street.
1: So, Shelley, have you been coming to Howard Days the like since Rusty has been coming down here? Uh, is this an annual, no, more I, or less, thing for you?
3: Well, I met you in, nine, in 99. 99 and uh, I actually ninety eight.
2: Right? Actually, we at first we really just oh. had gotten together. Going out to Santa Fe, and then when we got back, I was coming out here to be the guest of honor, right? In our Days, and you stayed.
3: In I didn't Indies. go, and I well, I didn't even know what it was, so. okay? <laughs> <laughs> but and then I have missed some, but I've ever since we we met and got together, pretty much. I've been, I'd say, to three-quarters of them. Cool.
1: Cool. And so you mentioned something earlier over lunch uh, about being a Howard widow. Right. Tell me more about that.
3: (laughs) Well, it's more um, wives of Howard fans who aren't particularly Howard fans. We Uh appreciate Howard and everything, but we're not in it like they are. And so we always, when they're doing their intense conversations, we... Go off to ourselves and drink wine. <laughs> Talk about other things.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, um, it's it sounds like a, a very exclusive kind of club too, because I I've, I've noticed not a lot of people bring their significant others, and, yeah. and so you guys must be so, like kind of mm-hmm. close knit.
3: Just a few, yeah, yeah. that come, and then you know, several repeat visitors. We would get together, but
2: um. I've seen more and more, but a lot of them are not. Folks who stay late at the pavilion or whatever, mm-hmm. and Shelley has to keep an eye on me, so she stays until the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Like You
3: know, you have to lead a tour tomorrow <laughs> at nine. Right. it's two in the morning.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you got to have somebody to kind of rein it in, mm-hmm. right? And and I know Luke and I were uh, going strong until about twelve thirty or so this morning at the pavilion, and there were folks that were still there when we left. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it yeah. can it can really uh, it can really. Take it out of you if you go too hard the first night.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What else, Luke? What else, what else did we discuss talking about with, with Rusty?
0: So uh, we talked. Well, we had
2: Indy on the recording. But, Indy, uh, poor Indy just doesn't get much attention. No.
0: <laughs> He's always got
2: to be out there trying to work his way into the uh-huh. conversation. Uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah,
0: but uh, I guess I'm feeling pretty rejuvenated, like, being able to come to Howard Days last year was cool, but also a lot of the... It just seemed like things were tamped down a little bit, and this time around it seems like things are a bit more social, and we've kind of talked about the direction for next year, so I don't know. Are there any other foundation-type things that you might be able to talk about, Rusty? Not necessarily what's new with Howard, but, like, any cool or notable books that that are out there that Howard heads might not... Necessarily well,
2: hear uh, about. We've just got the, you probably saw, we've just got the second volume of the Collected Letters mm-hmm. in, the, in its second edition uh, out. Uh-huh. And it's out in both hardcover and paperbacks. It's available through Amazon. And the third one should be out. You know, everybody knows how the, these publications have been going, so I always hate to say, oh, it should be out by so right. But keep our fingers crossed, maybe by the end of the year, We'll have all those. Um, Paul's got the, com- I think the complete poetry is going to be in three volumes. Wow. Um, and that'll start rolling out. He, he's got it done, so it'll start rolling out within the next year. Cool. say. Um, and what else? Uh, Steve Harrison's case book also just came out uh, in its reprint or second edition form. Uh, Paul was talking about this yesterday in the board meeting that most of the books that we did don't really need much changed for a second edition. Once we sell out of the firsts, then we can start rolling them right off. Um, We have to get covers, new covers for them, Mm -hmm. from Mark Wheatley, who's doing a great job on those covers. Uh, So I don't know how fast he can done but we'll start rolling more out there are a few things that are going to where new discoveries have been made sort of like with the collected letters we found things since the first edition that needed to be added and that changed the order of some things And you know, mm-hmm. so John Bullard did that uh, did the letters and what a poor guy he was <laughs> learning on the fly you know and he would Send out a PDF okay, I think I've got it, and we go, Oh, uh, uh-huh. wait, wait, um, there's a problem here, right? Back to the drawing board, yeah. And he
0: won the Emergent Scholar last year, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And then this this year, it was, is it Oliver that won? It was a
2: tie. Uh, oh, that's right, it was Will, Will Oliver
0: and the other, well, the fellow that was one of the Glen Lord. Yeah, he was. Uh, he gave the talk uh, on. M- 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 That's yeah. it. Yep. 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 Good call. You have been in yep. Uh,
2: last so. Okay. Uh, are you sure. That was
0: okay. Uh, I maybe was it Brian Murphy? Uh,
2: wait. If they're in the sleeve. Uh, maybe get more. I, M- I think we are. Yeah, I think right. he's right. Yeah, I think it was think Brian it was Murray, Murphy. And then yep. Gabriel Mamola won for won a different best essay. Or <gasps> That's exactly That's right. It. Yep. Um, did you guys go? You guys went to the. Glenn Lord symposium. Oh yeah, it was, was them, awesome. Yeah, it was great. I I thought they did three really wonderful presentations. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, it was particularly serendipitous that Jim McGlaughlin did the thing about Char- Chuck Hoffman's Conan the Existential, and then we found that Chuck Hoffman had won uh, had been elected to the Black Circle mm-hmm. award, um, which is long, long, long overdue in my mm-hmm. you, so that, that was a nice little bit of serendipity.
0: Yeah, I like that, uh, that Dirk, you know, his work that he presented was, you know, focused on Bram McMoran and kind of tied into the 1932 thing that we've already talked about with the Worms right. of the Earth. And there was a good kind of overlapping, uh, just incidental sort of overlapping of some themes and stuff. Well, in Gabriel's
2: paper about the Howard Lovecraft correspondence mm-hmm. and uh, you know how Conan's career he moved around the world, and so there was a lot of 1932 happening mm-hmm. yep. as well. It was cool, but and nobody had put out the word. Hey, write your papers about things that happened in 1932. It just kind of came about, by the way.
0: So I was listening actually to the 2018 recording that we released, and there was a, a fair bit of uh, just happy circumstances too in that year, because uh, like Karen Joncaudic gave a gave a talk and mm-hmm. it was the it was the sexy Conan <laughs> that kind of right. came out but there was a handful of like common sort of like feminist and uh, uh, sort of like the, the, the heroic uh, like the, the heroines of, of mm-hmm. Howard that were kind of coming out uh, that were emergent like across a couple of the different contributions mm-hmm. in 2018 it seems like that happens Nicole was there too right mm-hmm. yep and Nicole had another did she, she was another one
1: did she do Red Nails was it about Red Nails or not uh,
0: I, re- I can't remember okay uh, that's what I remember. That was we were talking with Karen. In, a, yeah. in an interview with a bottle of Benchmark right, at yeah. a picnic table and then we talked with Rusty and, and, then, and Indy a couple times over <laughs> in this string of about an hour I and a half. I'm under offering me bourbon. Uh, you are actually the one that said... <laughs> you uh,
1: said, are we going to open this bottle or what? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah. It's, well, Yeah. Indy's forward about are we going to talk or not? I'm <laughs> forward
2: about that bottle there
1: is not. been sitting here a while, boys. <laughs> so, um Rusty, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And it's, uh, I want to say how happy it makes me to see you down here because you're just so, uh, you just seem so happy and like in your element. And it's the only time of the year that I'm extroverted. (laughs) It it takes a lot of energy, right? right?
2: People have to come up to me.
1: you have to go to into the Odin sleep afterwards to That's to rejuvenate. Much, yeah. um, and I, and just, you and Shelly are just so cute together. Like I, just, I, just, I don't I don't mean I don't want, I don't want to, to that to sound like pedantic or anything. I I just I just think you guys Can are you great. Telling the story about the
2: taverna. go ahead. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
3: we would go to this Greek taverna and sit at the bar. It was a little bar on Capitol Hill, the Greek restaurant. Uh-huh. And the same bar. Tendris woman uh, was sort of she got to know us and, and she looked at us once and she said I went home and I told my husband I want to be just like you guys when we're old
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank, so it's like, thank
2: you <laughs> your tips just went down my- <laughs> <laughs> little did you know
1: <laughs> um, but thank you for uh, for sharing a conversation with us again sure. this year. And
2: Thanks for having me, and and let's uh, do it. Let's do it again. Yeah, we need to more often. You guys have been branching off into other territory where I'm not quite as expert. So.
0: Yeah, we're wrapping up we. our Gothic Road. We're going to be talking about uh, some Tanithly here in the next little smaller season. We're going to talk about. Uh, a couple of her sort of sword and sorcery-ish fantasy type type stories. And then we'll circle back around. I think we got some more some more Howard. First of the a lot. <laughs>
2: yeah, there's more Howard to talk about. Yeah. Uh, many years ago when I first joined Rahupa, um, there were a few members, well, more curmudgeonly types, who would say things like, well what is there left to say about Robert E. Howard? Well here we are 40 years later. We're still talking about Robert yep. e. Howard, and we're still finding more things to say. And mm-hmm. People like the guys at the symposium, you know, are finding interesting new angles to take. So, no, I don't think Robert e. Howard's fans and, and scholars are going to run out of anything to talk about for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's, that's a good way to go Yeah,
1: thanks, Rusty. Thank you so much. <laughs>